0: The CD Howe Institute, Essential Policy Intelligence. Welcome to the Common Room, a CD Howe Institute podcast that asks the right questions and provides the answers. I'm Kyle Murphy. The Trans Pacific Partnership, or TPP for short, will boost Canadian household income by $485 million in 2018, according to the Institute's latest report. Further, using a groundbreaking methodological approach to accurately measure the economic impact of this agreement. The report says that this $485 million boost will increase to about $3 billion in 2035, when the full impacts of the TPP have been realized. As for its status, the TPP negotiations were concluded in October 2015, and the agreement is now before each country's national legislatures for ratification. The agreement remains as controversial now as when it was first announced, to its ardent supporters, it is the best of all agreements, a landmark treaty that will provide an enormous economic boost to participating economies. For its vehement critics, it is the worst of all agreements, raising healthcare costs, undermining innovation, and constraining legitimate national regulation of commerce. To help us make sense of it all, that is, provide a dispassionate, evidence-driven analysis, I'm joined now by Danielle Schwannan, an award-winning trade economist and vice president of research here at the Institute. Danielle, Welcome. Thank you, Kyle. Danielle, to start, with all things considered, is TPP good for Canada?
1: Yes, it is. It's uh, it's good for for Canadians. It will raise uh, household uh, incomes, Canadian household incomes, uh, once it's fully implemented by uh, some three billion dollars a year, uh, which is uh, to give you an idea is, is the equivalent of the uh, uh, middle class uh, tax cut that. Uh, that was implemented recently at the federal level and, and was, uh, you know, the debate, uh, you know, the subject of much uh, much discussion in the, in the last federal election. So that's the order of magnitude of the gains uh, for households. And, uh, you know, it'll be good for exporters, uh, good for sectors in which uh, notably we've faced uh, a lot of barriers. And though even though in, 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 in the TPP, uh, in a lot of the TPP countries, uh, and where we are competitive, think, uh, agricultural sector, think food processing, uh, at the manufacturing level, uh, think a lot of high-end, high-value-added, uh, uh, services that provide good jobs, uh, including the financial services, uh, industries, uh, that would benefit from the agreement because they would essentially face, uh, lower barriers in, in TPP, uh, countries. And finally, more generally, Canada, looking, you know, more strategically into the future, uh, Canada has been wanting to find ways to diversify its export markets, uh, to tap into the still very fast um, uh, growth in uh, in in, uh, in the Asian economies, uh, and this gives us a platform. Uh, it's not a perfect agreement, but it gives us a really good platform on which to build uh, our growth in in these markets for uh, for the future. So I would I would say on balance a, a plus. Hmm.
0: As is the case with most free trade agreements, though there may be a net benefit to the country as a whole, there are winners and there are losers. with that in mind, what does it look like for Canadian industry?
1: Yes, I mentioned uh, a number of agricultural uh, I- industries uh, that would uh, benefit that's the case of uh, for example fruit and vegetable industry uh, the uh, you know beef and pork um, our uh, our canola uh, I- I- industry will face uh, Less barrier uh, into Japan, uh, significantly less, um, and uh, uh, and I mentioned services, of course, the professional services, financial services, in which for which Canadians are becoming increasingly well known uh, around the world. For manufacturing, you know, apart from food processing itself, uh, it, it, that, those industries will face more competition from uh, from uh, The more open TPP market, there's no, there's no, or trans Pacific market, there's no, no question about that. But, uh, it's not necessarily going to be devastating competition. Uh, and it's not, the most important thing is it's not necessarily competition you can really avoid altogether by staying out because we're talking about, uh, the TPP creating more competition for Canadians, for example, in the US market for Canadian manufacturers. And that's not something that we can avoid. By by staying out, it's the nature of the of the TPP beast, if you will. One sector uh, that uh, will will certainly feature prominently in, in the debate uh, and is 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 uh, is seeing a, a, a sharp decrease in sales, uh, about a billion dollars and about four percent of their current sales uh, is the dairy product uh, industry, the dairy farmers, uh, and uh, you know the reason for that is because. Where that's a sector that's very heavily protected at a high cost to the Canadian consumers, and really some of the benefits that the consumers would derive from the TPP is from the slightly lower price uh, that you would get from these products, but that would also be translated into lower uh, incomes for for dairy farmers. But that's one of the reasons we want to have the TPP in a sense, because that protection is Canadian is costing Canadians uh, a lot more than. Uh, then it's, uh, uh, then, uh, then it benefits dairy farmers. So on the net, by removing that protection, yes, that sector will suffer. But once again, Canadian consumers will be better off as a whole. Uh, but that is one sector that will see uh, probably the sharpest drop uh, in its current sales, about
0: 4%. So, Danielle, you, you alluded to this already, but what does it look like for Canada if we don't join? What are the impacts of that?
1: Well, if we don't join, of course, we 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 forego uh, the gains that I that I mentioned. So the the, the you know the three billion dollars per year for households uh, in terms of added income uh, that's gone, uh, and uh, then our industries will uh, suffer even more uh, by staying out. Or a lot of industries, anyway. So uh, you know, notably services, for example. Um, the uh, there are some industries that are not doing very well under either scenario, so they can't avoid the the, the added competition by staying out. Uh, so that's an important uh, factor in, in Canadians' decisions whether to go ahead or not. Is you know in part whether other countries go ahead or not, and if they do and we're out, uh, not only do we forego the gains, but we face added competition without the benefits of. Having better access to their markets so uh, the, the one clear sector a clear winner from staying out would be uh, the dairy uh, the dairy farmers the dairy uh, industry and that's very clear they would keep their very expensive uh, protection that benefits them at the expense of uh, of Canadian consumers so uh, clearly they will you know very naturally oppose the deal and one can understand that but uh, uh, on balance, by staying out, uh, we would in fact uh, not just forego the benefits, as I said, but uh, incur additional costs, because we couldn't, we couldn't partake in these new value chains that will be created uh, uh, as a result of this Trans-Pacific Agreement.
0: Daniel, some have suggested that Canadian industry may not be ready for the onslaught of competition this agreement will bring. Is there evidence to suggest that Canada possesses the right mix of competitive advantages to, to succeed in this major pivot towards Asia?
1: We can always do better. We can, we can be more innovative. We can be more entrepreneurial. Uh, we can have, uh, you know, a more uh, tax system that's, uh, that's just more conducive to, to economic growth and so on. Uh, you know, better, uh, better human capital uh, policies and so on. But we cannot parlay these advantages in, into higher incomes, uh, the ones that we have and the ones that we want to build for the future, without access to large markets the way our competitors would have access to or already have access to large markets. When you look at the TPP and actually the CETA combined, Canada uh, would vault from 19th place currently in terms of the markets that it would have access through. High-quality trade agreements from 19th place in the world to fourth place, we would really become a bridge between Europe, North America, and Asia—a uh, unique advantage for us uh, at this juncture of, of, of globalization. And I think that uh, you know, without that access that these agreements would give us, uh, would be a lot. It would be a lot more difficult for us uh, to use the competitive advantage with advantages we already have. And uh, to um, and to parlay the ones that we want to build uh, into future growth. So yes, we are. Yes, we could become more competitive without these trade agreements. That competitiveness comes to naught to some
0: extent. Danielle, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome, Kyle. You can find the comprehensive analysis of how the Trans-Pacific Partnership will impact Canada at www.cdhow.org along with cutting-edge analysis on a wide variety of public policy issues. And that's all for The Common Room. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Until next time, I'm Kyle Thanks for listening. The C.D. Howe Institute. Essential Policy Intelligence.